Welcome to another hard-hitting episode of Customer Cafe by Calabria. Calabria is a tool that turns good account managers into great account managers through the power of great collaboration. A great account manager is a team player. This podcast is made for those in sales, customer success, and account management as a place to caffeinate, ideate, and collaborate. Subscribe now for the latest brew. Let's hit the grind. Hey guys, welcome to the show. My name is Menachem uh, and I'm the VP of growth here at Calabria and I'm Sharon and I'm the content and community manager at Calabria. Um, And before I introduce our guest, uh, who we're really excited to have, I just want to say real quick, uh, like I do at the beginning of every podcast, uh, we are looking for design partners. Uh, If you are in sales or customer success or anything customer facing um, and you use Outlook because we're kicking off on Outlook. We're not in Gmail yet. Um, And you want to collaborate better with your team, please reach out to us. Go to collaborate.com and get started there. Uh, Reach out to me. I will personally reach out to you and kick things off. And we'd love to get your feedback and get a better understanding of what our customers need so we can build a better app. Um, And without further ado, we are joined today by Lynn Petriga. Uh, so happy to meet you. Uh, thanks for joining us on our podcast. Yeah, great to meet you guys. Thanks for having me. Lynn is the chief customer officer of Enable Us. Uh, she's an MBA graduate with over 15 years of experience managing customer relationships, consulting on solutions to maximize return on investment and account growth and improving processes and efficiencies within organizations. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Uh, so, Lynn, uh, let's just, you know, let's kick things off with uh, Enable Us. Seems like a really cool company. What do you guys do? Yeah, so at a high level, we're a platform for sales and marketing teams to really create these engaging experiences for prospects. So, ideally, we're trying to improve the B2B buying experience for both sellers and buyers by making that process a lot more efficient and personal. Uh, really it's, you know, giving sellers one place to find the most relevant content to know what to share. And then for prospects and customers to have one location to go to find all of the relevant materials, timelines and everything, just to make sure everyone stays on the same page and hopefully again, build towards a sale or continue building a customer relationship. Cool. So you're kind of, uh, I'm going to like totally simplify and I'm sure like totally kill, you know, everything, but kind of a combination battle card and deal room platform. So it's also uh, content management. So if you think about like mm-hmm. a traditional sales enablement platform, so managing content, filtering down to the most relevant and personalized and, you know, most engaging uh, we are full CMS, sales enablement, but then also creating uh, those digital sales rooms, those experiences. Um, so really having that virtual selling process as part of that traditional sales enablement piece. And what is your role at Enable Us? Yeah, so I, uh, I've been here about a year and a half, uh, and I'm actually the chief customer officer here at Enable Us. What does that mean? It sounds like <laughs> an awesome title. <laughs> It's, uh, it's, you know, it's a smaller startup, so everyone's already wearing multiple hats to begin with. 
Um, but on top of that, it's really everything post-sale customer relationship and I think beyond. Um, so really it's everything once that sale is done, that handoff is completed. It is implementing customers, uh, training them, uh, being support, uh, account management and renewals. And then also building out a lot of our education. So training, help center articles, um, and then being the voice of customer throughout the organization. So talking back to our product development team, uh, working with sales and what is resonating and really helping get that customer voice and feedback into our organization. That's great. We, we hear so much about voice of customer mm-hmm. lately. Um, you know, it's like, it's a buzzword, um, but you almost always hear it in marketing terms. And, you know, what you're describing is really kind of advocating for your customer within your organization. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's a little bit of both. I think um, where we're at as a company, I actually partner really closely with our marketing team as well. So figuring out what are the things that are resonating, what value our customers are getting out of our platform, and how do we manage to put that into our messaging um, as well. Cool. So, so marketing looks to you to kind of better inform their messaging based on how the current customers are interacting with your product and the company. Yeah, absolutely. I think a combination of, you know, how sales, you know, what, how their demos are going, what's resonating, but then also current customers that are seeing growth and expansions. How do we figure out, you know, what are those best fit customers, how to reach out to more of them? And then again, what is the messaging we want to, to put out there? Hmm. Okay. And what, what, how do you manage that collaboration between those teams? So again, really small team here uh, in startup world. How how big's the how big's the company? How many how many are you? Fifteen people or so um, across across the globe, which is exciting. Um, but we're you know really again tight knit. We've got daily standups um, and mm. a couple one on ones and um, a lot of things that are important, like a pipeline call. That'll be you know all of our go to market motions. So mm-hmm. all of sales, marketing, and customer success just understanding where things are in the pipeline, where things are in renewals, um, just getting everyone you know on the same page, not just you know daily, here's what I'm working on, here's what I need help on, but also you know here's what we're working on this month or this quarter. Let me ask you, so we I asked you what you do do and not in like, oh, she does it all away, you know, like you, sh- you wear many hats, but what don't you do with customer success or customer, chief customer officer? Like where do you sort of draw the line and say, that's really not my forte and to be, conscious of our resources, I want, I, I need to pass the baton at certain points in time. I mean, obviously a lot of the like development and coding and product stuff is not my forte. Uh, I think definitely where my role fits in there is more of that con- consultative piece of what I'm hearing from customers, what I'm seeing from trainings, where I see pain points, where I can be of value to say that to someone. Uh, but then mm-hmm. people much smarter than me in that realm are the ones that are actually making the ideas come to life, understanding what customers actually want, all that product design development, you know, vision. Uh, we have a wonderful product and engineering team that does all of that. Um, but in terms of, uh, you know, relating to the customers, you know, the chief customer officer, you said you're you're not the head of sales. You're not involved in the sales process. They you know, when do they bring you in? They, they handle the entire sale and then it's like there's just a one day handover where it's not their problem anymore and it's your problem or, you know, is there overlap? How does that happen? 
Yeah, I think for some, especially for the bigger customers, or if we start hitting a roadblock where someone is saying, you know, I may have concerns about implementation timelines, or perhaps I feel like I don't know if my team will adopt this. That's where a lot of times that I'll get pulled into some of those conversations to talk through and see, you know, hey, we have a team here. We're going to help you. Here's what the timeline looks like. So you mm-hmm. can more for the bigger customers that would have a team and a project. Uh, We also have customers that move through into maybe a pilot phase. Um, So for some of those that involve more of the technical setup, um, I'll work directly with the sales rep who sort of is still the quarterback. They're still managing the relationship in the sale, but I'll be there for more of the technical support and implementation for for that pilot and helping them drive that. Yeah, so when it it comes to the handoff, how how do you create a process for that handoff um, from the quarterback, as you just said, to to your department? Yeah, so a couple of things. Yeah, a couple of things we put in place. Um, one, uh, we do have some information we built into our CRM. Mm-hmm. Um, so for our sales team, as they're going through the process, collecting things around, like what are their pain points? What are they trying to solve? What is their tech stack where we might be integrating with them? Uh, And then ultimately, as we're selling them, what is their vision for success? Why are they buying this product? Um, So we do have a couple fields in there to collect that information. So while they're gathering it, I don't have to ask those same questions once they become customers, uh, which quickly will erode any trust in that handoff process if it feels like it's completely disjointed. So definitely figuring out ways. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Let's start over from scratch with new people. So making sure you have all that documented um, so I can go in there easily in day one, like, all right, you have this, this, and this. We're going to be integrating these. This is the team that's coming on board. It just makes us seem like we know what we've talked through already uh, and we can kind of build out an implementation plan for them. So I think having a lot of those pieces in place, um, like we all mentioned, we also have some weekly pipeline calls where we'll talk about what sales are or what deals are in later stages. So, you know, what is potentially coming down the pipeline? Is there anything interesting or specific about them? Are, you know, is, are they pushing back on anything? Do we promise them anything? <laughs> uh, is there anything part of the contract that might be product development? So how do we figure out what are those things so we can get everything to that handoff? Um, mm-hmm. And then also, you know, once that deal is done, um, we've got a couple of things internally that push information to, we have Slack um, as well mm-hmm. as emails that says, here's why we won. Um, here's some information about them. And then if there's any questions, we'll meet ahead of time just to, again, ensure that really good handoff um, before moving on. Um, What's something really interesting too with how we sell with our digital sales rooms is we record a lot of our demo meetings, initial calls, uh, and those get put into that digital sales room along with everything that's been shared and a lot of questions that are asked. So it actually becomes a really easy handoff on, on our side is that I can easily go and watch those videos. I know exactly what was said. So you mm-hmm. don't get into those situations where customers are saying, oh, they told me this timeline or they told me you could build this by tomorrow. Um, I have all of those records of exactly what those conversations look like. I can hear in their words exactly what they're looking for and then be able to implement them in a really personal way. Right, right, right. So you're saying that salespeople have to be accountable for the things that they promise the customer? Sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) How does consent work with that? Um, Is there ever any pushback from 
um, potential customers? Like, is there a certain stage where you start those recordings? How, how does that work? This is being recorded, by the way. I was like, yeah, for, for recording, we'll definitely ask if it's okay that we record them. Typically, people, you know, are in evaluation stages. And mm-hmm. it's you're usually selling to one person who's interested in something. And they're going to have to get buy-in. So mm-hmm. having that information recorded, they can easily send it to their boss to say, hey, I had this. I asked all these questions. Here's all the information. You can watch this video on your own time. Um, so a lot of people, when we ask, you know, can we, can we record this? We're going to put it in the room with all the content. They're you know, more than happy to say, yes, please do. And then please send me the recording when it's ready. How do, how do right. the sales, how does the sales team or how do the, the salespeople feel about the, being watched. you know, being watched? Like, do you ever get pushback that that's like, oh, you know, you're looking over my shoulder at my work. You know, I want to just, you know, I want the sale to come out of nowhere with no context. I know <laughs> it sounds crazy, but a lot of sales come in like that. Yeah. Um, just magic. Wasn't any work. Yeah. It just uh, happened. Uh, no, I think, again, we're, we're a pretty transparent company. Um, mm-hmm. I think we're, again, earlier startup. So we are, I think, still trying to like learn from each other and understand, you know, what's working, what's not. So a lot of times we not only say like, go, you know, check, check this out, but it's really seeing, you know, again, what's resonating from a customer standpoint, as well as from our marketing side. So, you know, a lot of times I think sellers, I'm sure it takes time to get used to that, knowing that that Mm -hmm. information is out there and can be readily available. But I think there's so many sales tools today that are there to hyper analyze the words you say, how many things go back and forth, filler words that you use. You know, there's, I think, much more aggressive sales tools out there that are meant for training and, you know, finding out where you can improve. So I think right. just the the recording is probably the uh, the least of the sales. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I mean, recording. There's so many tools out there. Every half the calls you're on, there's like this mysterious box just kind of <laughs> watching. But yes. you know what you're describing is the, you know, the entire the note taker. <laughs> oh, it's just my note taker. Um, it's you know what you're describing is the entire sales process, which you know I see so many benefits to that. But I. I could imagine that there's going to be pushback. Um, actually, it could go both ways, though. And I'm curious to hear what you have to say, Lynn, because let's say a deal doesn't close, you know, and you as the salesperson feel like you really did everything you could think of and you made a real human connection, you you knew um, what made sense for this particular potential customer. And then you could always have your boss listen to it and say, like, you know, it is what it is. Has that, does that happen? I think it definitely happens. I think if you, if you think about, you know, if, again, I think it's more of like, if you are confident in your processes, Mm -hmm. if you are doing all the right things, and if you have those sales processes set up in a way, and you're like, I did all the things I, you know, and I think it's always the idea of like, if you, if they don't record it, it, you know, did it happen? especially I think in sales when you're monitoring activities and recordings and all those things where, you know, if there's no record of that, I think there's just so much that has to be transparent in the sales process that I think it's just, it is a part of the job. Like your emails are typically somewhere, your recordings are somewhere and, you know, figuring out what, where are those little pieces? I think that's a lot of like what sales enablement is, is figuring out like, what are people who are succeeding doing 
And how do we replicate what's going well with other sellers? And if you don't have those windows into what's working and understanding, you know, what exactly are they doing? It's difficult to then push those best practices out. So I think there's just so much of a microscope on what sales does in order to find those, you know, success stories and push them out. Yeah. So we talked a lot about the importance of making sure that everyone can have access into information. That's part of what your product does. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter where they are in the world, time zone or role or position, sometimes it's helpful to, ha- you know, we want to collaborate and to share information, even if we're not. I mean, speaking for all of us on the podcast right now, none of us probably are going to be software developers at any point in time. Um, but there's information that's useful. So how do you share that information? Yeah, again, I think a lot of it is um, we put so much in our, our CRM that it's our source of record, I think, especially for sales, but I also use that for account management and figuring out health of customer, some of the you know, important items of their um, activities within our platform, uh, which is then available for our product team to go and see you know, which of our customers are in green health and have these use cases. Um, mm. Sales is looking for customers that we can reference, like where are the best customers that have similar use cases, similar industries. So I think knowing that there could be like one source of truth and especially again if we're a small company where everyone's really focused on what they need to do Mm -hmm. you know we don't have a lot of time for those you know touch point meetings it really is making sure that information is available and up to date when you need it and then Mm -hmm. if i have questions that's where i can you know send a quick slack or schedule a call to dig in deeper but I think it really is understanding or having that understanding within your organization, where is that source of truth? How do we push all of that into one place that people can then go to and know, here's where I'm going to find all the latest and greatest information and notes, next steps, um, and find everything that I might need to link out to from, again, that one place. So, so let's talk about you uh, about you a little bit more uh, in, you know, in the company as the chief customer officer. Uh, so you manage directly the whole customer success team. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you balance the needs of customer success between, you know, making sure the customers are successful and increasing revenue? Yeah. So I think, you know, one of the biggest things in order to expand the customer and to increase that revenue, you need to have them be successful. So I think really figuring out, you know, how to onboard customers, how to get them to see that time to value and really get them into like a flywheel of, you know, expansion and and success there of, Mm -hmm. you know, they get that momentum. They're seeing why we bought this. They want to continue using it. Um, They're telling their executives how great this is. And, you know, maybe again, we sell a sales product. So hopefully you're selling more, which means revenue to their company, which means growth, which means then kind of expansions for us. Um, it also, you know, the way that digital sales rooms work is they easily can expand into other departments. So mm-hmm. if they can see how, you know, we'll start with account executives, but then easily flowing into customer success. So you've sold this thing. Now we're going to have a room for your implementation and onboarding. So now the customer success team in there comes to be a, you know, a great um, opportunity there. But it, you know, it all starts with that initial success of customer. If your customer is not happy and using it, then there's really not that ability to expand and have revenue. So I'd say, you know, number one thing is always going to be 
onboarding customers correctly, um, making sure that everything's configured and they're using it well and keeping that adoption up. Um, and then ultimately being able to gain their trust, understand what the value is to be able to ask for those expansions. So, so what is the North Star metric that determines a great customer success agent? In terms of like within our team, like what, like what makes a good customer success yeah, manager? What's the, what's the KPI? Are they judged on revenue? Um, so we do track our uh, net revenue retention. So that is important to us um, in terms of our uh, our growth and are we keeping mm-hmm. customers and are we keeping them happy enough that they expand. Um, so that is something that we'll definitely you know continue to keep an eye on for our uh, objectives, key results, all those things. Um, I think also you know there's a lot of those you know more quantitative things of around like are you having regular meetings, are you having strategic conversations, and being able to say you know are we doing those sort of leading indicators of getting them to the point in which they feel comfortable, understand opportunities for expansion, which then would ultimately lead to the net revenue retention. Mm-hmm. I have a question about you. Um, I noticed one of your LinkedIn posts where you talked about your first customer success manager job. Um, you said the first customer success manager job you applied for was at Box in 2013. And you said you didn't know much about SaaS, but you just wanted to take that leap. Um, what made you take that leap? Yeah, I don't know too that that was my first interview. Definitely not my first job. I did not get hired there because <laughs> I did not know what I was talking about. But I think, you know, I was always working what I would consider sales adjacent roles. Um, so always mm-hmm. had great relationships with sales. Um, I moved into an account manager role. Uh, so I was managing um, a team of account managers. I was also a project manager, but really it was working with these large companies, building programs for them, and then managing that relationship and working you know, really closely with our sales team that was doing that and absolutely loved everything about it. Uh, but it was not software. It mm-hmm. was you know logistics, which is a little bit slower than uh, some other places. It's a big company. And I really wanted to you know, work with that, but at a faster pace. And that's mm-hmm. when someone introduced mm-hmm. me to the concept of, hey, customer success is a lot of the things that you like about relationships, account management, you know, working with customers, implementing programs, but it's going to be at a really high pace for fast companies where you're doing a lot of you know revenue retention. It's a lot more mm-hmm. hands-on versus more like sign annual contracts and then just revisit that a year later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think, Really what I just, I loved a lot of what I did around those relationship building and being able to impact other companies and just learn so much about other companies and what they were doing and being able to do that on a, again, a larger, faster scale with customer success has been perfect. Is it what you expected? I think so. <laughs> so far, so good. Any surprises though? I wouldn't say there's necessarily surprises. I think customer success as a function has just continued to evolve more and more. Mm -hmm. So, and I think it's also very different depending on what company you go to. Can it mean a totally, my understanding and I could be off is that it can mean very different things depending on the company. It can mean, yeah, it can, it can be an idea, like a overall company methodology. It could be a Mm -hmm. department. It could be glorified support. It could be super hands-on, you know, you have a team of customer success managers and adoption managers and, you know, having really strategic conversations and 
rooms with CEOs, or it could just be, you know, I'm your go-to person for a couple of things. Like it really depends on the level of complexity of the product, um, how many customers a customer success manager might be managing. Um, I think as things have evolved, customer success operations is becoming more of a thing just to make that more efficient. So Mm -hmm. I think it's, I think it is what I expected, but I think it's, Mm -hmm. again, continuing to evolve in such a really interesting way that I really love it, but it's, again, it is so specific. I think it depends on the companies that you choose to work for and where people are really customer centric. I think Mm -hmm. we have a great team here that, you know, everyone, you know, from product to engineering, to our marketing, to sales, to our you know, founders and CEOs, they want to hear, you know, what the customers are saying and how do we, you know, improve their experience every day, where I think there's other companies that I've, you know, interviewed for that are really sales focused and it's all mm-hmm. about new customers and not necessarily existing ones. So I think that, again, it's just so many different flavors of customer success out there. Um, but there's, you know, really finding what you are looking for in that role is possible and could be very different just based on where you end up. Wow. Um, so let's go all the way back to, to one of the first things that you said uh, is, you know, the, that you work on voice of the customer uh, programs within the company that you're kind of advocating for the, for the customer to other departments, other people in the company. How does that collaboration work? How do you who do you need to speak to, to help advocate for your customer? And who do you need to connect your customer to? Yeah. So um, obviously working on the front lines with customers, um, support mm-hmm. tickets that come in, um, I'll usually gather a lot of that information. Uh, we have a product channel in Slack. So if there's ideas that come out, I'll usually put them in there just so everyone can see if anyone else has heard similar things, either in demo calls or you know customer meetings. Are there other you know, ideas here? Have we talked about that before and just didn't implement it? Like, how do we you know, get, get that information out there? Um, I also join our weekly sprint planning meetings with, mm-hmm. um, with our products and engineering teams. Oh, so wow. figuring out, you know, here's what we're working on the next you know, week or two. Hey, is there anything else that actually has come up that's more pressing? Um, and being able to have that, you know, voice in there of, you know, actually this thing that was on our list, we've been kind of pushing it down the line. It's actually, I think, really important. Let's bump this up or this renewal is coming up or, you know, this is something that's really frustrating to more and more customers that we're hearing. Let's make sure this gets into the next sprint. So being able to, you know, talk directly with our head of product and engineering about, you know, are there things that have come up in the last week or so has been really great. Fabulous. Yeah, it's again, it's it's a it's a partnership that I I feel like I again small company, but I feel like it's you know a really amazing customer centric company that you know wants to have that voice in there. I, and I wouldn't take that for granted that the the chief customer officer would be joining the dev team's sprints. Um, that's like a really deep involvement in product. That's great. Yeah, I think too. I you know, one of the things for voice of customer, all you know, G two reviews is a a part of you know collecting those just for myself and for our marketing team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if I read a lot of those, a lot of them are they listen to our feedback, they've developed some things, so it's good good validation that we're actually listening and uh, putting out those things out there they're looking for. We haven't asked about customer success though yet. Actually, when it comes to the field of customer success or 
you know, with a variety of definitions for what customer success is. Um, do we have equity um, when it comes to gender, race, uh, every type of diversity that that we should have? Do we have DEI when it comes to the field? I think more so than some others. Um, mm-hmm. I think, in ter- especially in terms of think, gender equity, mm-hmm. um, I think there is still like a you know more of like the other components as well that they're working to improve. And I think there's some actually really good programs out there. I think Gainsight runs one of them. Um, mm-hmm. To find ways that, you know, some of the underserved populations are ones that aren't uh, within customer success as often. How do we get them the opportunities, understand more around like what, what is, you know, customer success? Like, what is this opportunity for you and finding ways to improve that? Um, so I know it's definitely been a focus to continue to improve that. Again, I think gender wise, it's a little bit mm-hmm. closer, but um, obviously not uh, completely there. Is there a- do you have different types of communities that you sort of tap into or the mentorship programs, things like that? Like, is there a, a way to transition in for those who are interested? I think what's so great, I think customer success people by nature, they want to share and want to help. They want to help people succeed. <laughs> they want to help people succeed in either life or as a customer. Um, LinkedIn is such a great resource. Um, there's so many customer success communities. There's so many customer success leaders out there that are sharing ideas that are sharing resources. Um, I think it's, there's someone who puts out like the top 100 strategists, um, out there that those are people to follow that have great information. Um, there's also some really good, um, just communities you can join, um, gain, grow, retain is one of those um, that hold office hours for CSMs, CS leaders, and CS ops. Um, so it's a way for you to you know, talk about a topic, to connect with people in a similar role, which is especially good for, you know, sometimes customer success is a very, you know, I, you know, a small team here. So figuring out how to connect with others, talk through ideas, how, you know, and other companies, how can you learn from what other people are doing well? Um, so it's a great way to connect with people there. Great. So, I mean, that that really bridges r- very nicely into our next question. Uh, we like to end every interview with um, just asking, uh, what do you what do you read, uh, podcasts you listen to, or who do you follow generally uh, in order to get better at your job? Uh, like I said, there's there's so many people on on LinkedIn. Um, of course, right now I'm blanking on names, but I feel like, yeah. again, if you look at, you know, some well, you of the, mentioned the Gangro Retain. Gangro Retain. Um, again, Gainsight, I think, is a, an excellent resource. Um, client Success. Um, I know they put out uh, some boot camps as well and have a lot of great resources. I think, again, all of them have so many wonderful webinars that you can learn from, resources that they put out there. Um, I know there's a couple of Slack communities as well. Um, there's a couple, there's one from Rocket Lane called Preflight, uh, that's around customer onboarding specifically. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really interesting. And then, yeah, for, for podcasts, um, again, I just listened to, uh, there's besides, a game this retain. besides this one, <laughs> um, there's a, a game grow retain podcast that has a couple mm-hmm. things in there. Um, we have a product led motion, uh, here as well with our trials. So there's a, a product led, um, podcast has a lot of great information um, as well as I think disaster podcast is always has a lot of great Mm. information around 
especially smaller companies that are growing and building in the full go-to-market uh, world. Sester is a great podcast to like, I'll often listen, I've been listening to it for many years and I'll often listen to an episode and they interview some small company. And then, you know, a couple of years later, I hear about that company just, you know, reaching a billion dollar valuation. Mm -hmm. They're really good at finding, you know, the really early unicorns. That's why we chose you. Perfect. We're, we're, we're working on that reputation too. Billion dollars in a couple of years. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you, Lynn, so much for joining us. Yeah. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us for today's brew. Like what you heard? Let the world know. Leave a five-star review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. Subscribe now so you never miss an exciting episode. See you soon.